What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. It's your girl, Karina, aka Hoodrina, aka that bitch, aka <laughs> sad girl day. <laughs> sad day, but, bad day. You know, sad day, bad day, but one thing we learned is that you could be a bad bitch and a sad bitch at the same time. That's right. And that's okay. That's right. And, you know, I am here at my mama's dinner table. I am on Kawiya and Luceno territories, a.k.a. Marina Valley, California. Mm. Oh, it's good to be with you, dear it's one. Been- um, even though you're having a sad day, bad day. Well, <laughs> bad day, bad day. <laughs> sad day, bad day. That's right. Um, and this is your girl, Asia. I'm here on the Cheyenne, the unseated Cheyenne U and Arapaho territories. I really love saying uh, which territories we're on because it's helping me rearrange the geography of the United States based off of indigenous people. And Mm. anyway, so I'm on the unceded territory of them, Mm. (laughs) also known as Aurora, Colorado. Um, I'm here with Jasper, my sweet baby Jasper. And um, yeah, sis, so I'm curious about your medicine bag what's in it this week well you know a bitch been crying um (laughs) all week long and it's only Wednesday (laughs) so uh you know tears have been in my medicine bag um but such beautiful tears um I was explaining to Asia yesterday that I Got to have a really cool moment with myself where I was like, hey, this is a moment to grieve. This is a moment to be in your feelings. Let's do it. <laughs> I said it like that, too. And so next, you know, I was crying. And um, as I was crying, I just started smiling because I'm like, I'm doing this, y'all. I'm being in my feelings. Oh, I'm experiencing the moment. I'm being present to the situation that took place I'm feeling the emotions in the moment Mm. and it feels really good Mm. then I got my snacks (laughs) (laughs) to comfort myself I got this hibiscus um, drink Jamaica that I made the night before that I put some extra oof you know, I put some allspice and ginger in it because I said I'm a Caribbean girl, <laughs> <laughs> and I'ma still call it Jamaica, even though it is sorrel. Um, so yeah, that comforted me, and so yeah, those things are in my medicine bag. I also um strained my um my bitters that I made. Uh, my citrus bitters, um, and that came out really tasty. So I'm excited to come up with some recipes for that or with that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else is in my medicine bag. Um, I went to a mixology class this weekend. Um, 
learned a lot more about how to make cocktails and like ratios and things like that and the um mixologist was really great I was just asking her so many questions and she was like you can have my Instagram like if you have any questions because I told her that I'm gonna be doing the coffee and good spirits competition she was like if you want any suggestions or help like feel free to DM me like I'd love to help you so that was really cool (laughs) so yeah that's what I got this week um what about you Bay? what's in your medicine bag Yes, I'm happy that you are self-educating um, <laughs> as you really start to move towards this competition that I want to go to. Um, and <laughs> I really heard that you've been crying all week and it's Wednesday. Um, I'll tell you. I, your sweet sis has a cold. Um, mm-hmm. I have a cold and... Um, it's hard to be like, I have a cold when my body feels so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that my cold shows up is as this persistent cough. Um, and um, yeah, it it's so fascinating, um, this cold. And I guess I just wanted to take the time to share with you um, how I address cold, simple colds. Mm. Um, yes. and, and the first, I, I work with the story medicine of what a cold is, um, as an herbalist, you might think that like having a cold is like a failure or something like that. Um, but for me, the microvirome is as significant to me as the microbiome. Uh, so the bacteria and the virus that lives uh, and in throughout our universe, I find them to all be sacred. Mm. Um, and so having a cold for me, um, having a viral infection, such as SARS-2 or COVID or whatever, these kind of respiratory infections, they show up in my world as an opportunity to um, literally update my genetic code which is mm. what viral um, viruses do. Mm-hmm. They're basically discrete packets of genetic or DNA information. Um, the world is constantly creating virus. There are maybe trillions more viruses than there are bacteria. Mm. And viruses are small, 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 you know? Mm. And um, yeah, their role in, in the overall scheme of things is that they... The environment has stress. Uh, mm. The it and it sends out exomes or little packets of informations of adaptations to that stress, and then those sort of little discrete packets of information um, either take on a vehicle as a virus or they're just free floating exomes. But it, whatever the case, um, they interact with the living, uh, the biotic and sometimes the abiotic environment and you know, they indicate and they help us to adapt. You know, if if the tree is stressed, the tree sending out information, our body receives that information often as virus or exomes or other things. And then we Mm -hmm. also get to be in communication with the tree. We talked about the endocrine system, but the whole of nature 
isn't call and response and virus is one of those. And so there's story medicine. Mm. And then um, for me, you know, I am bones, bugs, and botany. And so she the sure first is. thing that I really take on is lifestyle modifications. Mm. Um, and so I decrease labor for other people because my body is laboring yeah. um, against or with the virus. Um, and so I increased sleep first things first you heal a remedy by getting more and more sleep so whatever you need to do to sleep do that mm -hmm. um and then food right so I start off with the bones I put beautiful grass-fed bison knuckle bones uh into my instapot and made mm -hmm. really beautiful dark rich bone broth with bay leaves and celery seed and of course celery and carrot and onion red onion though which is really high in antioxidants. Um, and so I made my broth, um, moved away from having my digestive system work. So I'm not eating anything that's hard to digest, really complex carbohydrates. I'm not eating, um, you know, uh, sugars. I'm not eating um, lots of things. So I'm on my gut healing protocol, which feels good to rest my body and so I have my bones, I have my bugs, I bought some sauerkraut, so I'm having that as my first flavor. And then the mm -hmm. botany, um, I like to start off with tonic herbs, like um, elderberry, of course, which is our sweet sister. Yes. Um, I want to continue to exercise my, my chest so that it doesn't get compacted. So I work with Moen and walk with my dog well covered. Um, and then recently I've had to escalate care um, because I just had this cough that my body was well, but the cough wasn't going away. And so I um, added some Ella campaign, which isn't always a people's medicine. This is a small dose herb. And it has some, in my experience, some psychotropic, like psychotropic um, properties, but Ella campaign mm. on the base of the, the nourishing uh, tonic herbs has, uh, really been supporting moving me through so mm. those are the things that have been in my medicine bag and um, right now in this space of contemplation since I'm not doing regular work I'm really sitting with my relationship to conflict and um, mm. what it what it means to be a servant leader um, Ooh. So what is it that like I have a role that I play in the community and that people project sort of impossible standards upon me? Mm -hmm. um, and because of this like active pro projection or the superhero-fication of like my being, um, there's this gap like there are people who have needs, people mm. need to be seen by me specifically. Like they need to be yeah. witnessed by me. They want me and my energy and my attention. And um, your sweet sis does not like to be in nobody's trick bag. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Like, listen, if there's drama, I'm not, I'm not running towards the drama. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, all right, y'all handle that. Um, but I'm just thinking about like Kingian nonviolence, my training in transformative and restorative justice and 
um, in what way does my great power and my great influence come with this other responsibility to tend to people? Hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm sitting with like, what does it look like to be a servant leader? I experience conflict as exhausting, mm-hmm. like as depleting, like unless it's really meaningful to me and my spirit really wants resolution. I give things time and space. I don't always try to force outcomes. Um, But there's also like when your community calls you rather or not, you know, whether you're your wife or in your inner circle, how you respond matters if you have power and, Mm. and I'm a person of power. So sure. Yeah, so I'm contemplating that as I am in between worlds with this cold um, and really needing to face what my responsibilities now are because I'm not a maiden anymore. I am a mother Mm -hmm. Um, moving towards crondom. So what are my responsibilities to tend to people who reach out and want my energy? And that's... um, that's what I'm sitting with in my medicine bag this week. Mm. There's a lot of medicine there, like being sick and also being sick and tired <laughs> of being tried. <laughs> you know, oh, and being able to sit with all the medicine and mm-hmm. sit with exactly where you're at, being present. And also realizing that as a healer, you might not have all the answers and trying to figure out what your role is mm-hmm. in the community. Because um, I think that people put you in a role, but is, is that necessarily your role? Yeah. Um, so I'm feeling that, babe. Um, and speaking of feeling things, um, we want to get into, or we want to continue getting into our sacred fats. And, um, last week we, we described our relationship to fat, um, and expressed a lot of, um, I'll say on my end, um, my struggles with fat phobia and, we want to continue into this episode and describing what exactly is fat mm. because <clears throat> in our goal for our sacred fat series is to um show y'all how to work with fats and how to make medicine with fats mm-hmm. so we want to break it all down for y'all so that you understand what fats are and how to make medicine with them, and how to make these fats, these oils, whatever we create, um, yeah, a staple part of your medicine bag. So mm-hmm. let's get into it, Asia. Let's let's break down the things for the folks. Okay. So, um, well, we talked a little bit about animal fats. In the last episode. Um, And so uh, just to ground us in in humans, 
And next, let's ground us in what are the nature of fats. So um, fats are our lipids, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and lipids can form um, what's called fatty acids. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and fatty acids <laughs> can come together. Uh, and if they're held by a molecule of glycerol, they can become a triglyceride. Um, and so animals have fat, vegetables have fat, um, most things, most of the things that we eat at least have a little bit of fats. Um, Mm. our skins are, uh, or all of our cells are surrounded by, um, semi-permeable membranes that are, that are made of fats. Fats provide structure. Um, in the world around us, fats provide warmth, fats mm. provide information. Um, we're thinking about hormones as fats. Fats provide warmth, right? We have in our bodies uh, white fat in our adipose tissues, and we have brown fats, which metabolite fats. Fats are an essential part of our endocrine system. Fats in and of themselves produce hormones. For example, uh, we talk a lot of shit about a fupa, which is a little bit of fat that uh, many people get when they're older. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why a menopausing body, a women's body, a female body produces a fupa is that when the ovaries stop creating uh, estrogen, or at least they're like down on the count, you know, (laughs) the body creates fat as an endocrine organ to then Mm. produce the hormones that the ovaries aren't able to do. And that's why um, people, some, you know, develop this, this fat around their lower belly. Um, Mm. And so all the fat on our body is producing chemicals, messaging signatures. Um, The fat is storing. Um, I love fat as a site of storage because people don't understand how important that process is. Um, Mm. When we have extra um, carbohydrate or extra protein, extra energy period Mm. um, that we want to store, we transform it into fat as um, a longer storage in our body. People don't recognize the role of fat in reducing toxicities, Mm. right? And so, for example, when things are circulating, harmful things are circulating in our blood, then they're able from that circulation to go to various organs and hurt them, right? So our Mm. body brilliantly takes note of the things that need to be sequestered from our blood and placed into the fat for long-term storage and dispersal over time. Mm. So in our environment, we're surrounded not only by like essential oils, but um, persistent organic pollutants, pops. And in response to those pops, the body will take them out of our blood and hold them in our fat so that it could send out a little bit of that toxicity over time Mm -hmm. to be deposited through our bowels. So fat plays a role in um, not just our metabolism, but our our ability to 
um, be in relationship with the different um, constituents in our environment, fat and fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A, D, E, and K are particularly significant to health and, and reproduction. Um, the fat soluble vitamins are everything. <laughs> okay, like vitamin. Okay. Listen, listen, listen. So when y'all remove the fats from your diet, you often remove the fat soluble vitamins, vitamin A for our immune system, vitamin D for um, the growth and development of our bones, um, energy metabolism, so much that vitamin A and vitamin D do. Vitamin E we know is associated with beauty and youth, but there's elasticity and um, also immunity. And then vitamin K, um, which is bone growth, but each one of these vitamins are so important to so many functions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we have been living in the the lipid, the era of the lipid hypothesis, mm. which takes fat, you know, combined with fat phobia, it takes fat and it causes fat to be our enemy. Mm. Um, it inappropriately links the fat we consume to the fats on our bodies. And yeah. it really demonizes the fat that's on our body saying that fat is um, responsible for um, you know, metabolic syndromes and diseases. But some of my favorite texts are The Secret Life of Fat, um, Secrets from the Eating Lab. Uh, there's a lot of texts that help us understand the true role of fat, whether mm-hmm. that's on our body or in the environment, and helps us to disentangle some of these uh, derogatory narratives that link fat to the formation of disease. Um, Mm-hmm. so fat it's like what is fat that's, that's a huge question but I just wanted to touch a little bit on some of the values the benefits the roles of fats and and this 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 um this small little container that we have here as our podcast yes thank you yeah. for that Asia yeah um I think the first thing the the first question I have is why do we use oil for or as an extractive mechanism um, for medicine making? Like why oil? We know the benefits of fats and whatnot, but why do we use them for medicine? Yeah, I like this. So in our podcast, we talked about water extractions with teas and herbal infusions. Uh, We talked about um, alcoholic extractions Mm -hmm. um, with, uh, you know, that series, the spirits and all of the things. And now, you know, we talked about essential oils and really that they're not a part of our medicine bag as practitioners of a people's medicine who sit, who center um, simple, safe and effective herbal remedies. And so the next question is like, okay, like if we don't want to use essential oils, then what do we use? So let's, let's get into um, fat extraction. Yes. So one of the principles in herbal medicine making is that each uh, minestrum, uh, rather that's water, alcohol, vinegar, fat, honey, 
each one is capable of extracting specific kinds of constituents from plants. Mm -hmm. Okay. So alcohol can be really useful in extracting alkaloids. Water can be really useful in extracting nutritive components of plants. Um, and fat can be really, really useful in extracting fat-soluble constituents. So mm. we talked about um, the fat-soluble vitamins, vitamins A, D, E, and K. Most people don't know that in order to extract those from our food, we often have to use fat. So for example, um, y'all love salads, right? Y'all really do. <laughs> <laughs> have fun digesting that. Uh, but anyways, y'all love salads. But the ancestors already taught us, right, that in order to digest and, and get the nutrition, especially the vitamin A that are found in uh, chlorophyll rich plants to get that vitamin a out you need fat mm. because fat vitamin a is fat soluble so mm -hmm. you can increase the carotenoids you can increase the amount of vitamin a you get in your salad by putting a fat on top of it for at least 30 minutes right mm. i think you can increase the amount of vitamin a by a factor of three but please continue to do your research. Um, uh, and so fat extracts fat-soluble vitamins. And so when we're making medicine, if we want fat-soluble vitamins, right, we're going to make those medicines with the fat. We talked about essential oils. Mm -hmm. When the chief, the thing that we want out of the plant is its volatile oil, mm -hmm. like attracts like. Mm -hmm. So fat is going to be one of the best mediums to capture the volatile oils from uh, a plant and hold them so that they don't run off into the air. <laughs> the volatile, then you know, they be root. You know, they root. They move a lot. <laughs> so fat can actually capture and hold those volatile oils. One example of this um, in studying the way that Indian folks make chai. Mm. um the milk right is an example of fat extraction they're making the chai with warmed milk uh, mm. so that those volatile oils those beautiful scents that come up from our chai that's they're evaporating sis like we're, we're yeah. supposed to capture those so we can eat them yeah. right so but when we make it with milk with the fatty you know a fatty liquid even if it's coconut milk that coconut milk can hold those volatiles better so that we can have mm -hmm. it in our body. Um, and so in the short form, this is oh, the way I teach classes on, on fats alone. <laughs> in the short form, we can think about fats as a good medium to extract some of those fat-soluble vitamins and also um, the, the scent, really smelly plants. Uh, we can extract it with fats. Perfect. Yay. Thanks for that, Asia. So y'all are going to have to come back for our part two, because we are going to tell y'all about how to make infused oils at the house <laughs> or wherever you at. That's right. That's right. So yes, 
we'll get into that next time around. But for now, we are going to give y'all our bougie auntie word of advice. Mm. So anything on your spirit, Asia? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot on my spirit, sis. Um, mm. During this, this cold, um, what's been really beautiful in moving the heaviness and the mucus, we love mucus, but too much of it is not you know what we want um but just the the heaviness the feeling of sickness has been crying um Mm. I had a really deep experience just sitting in the bathtub like grieving Mm. the fact that like I am going to die yeah and grieving the fact that like I am not a child anymore Mm. and that my body and that my face is becoming elder yeah you know like ooh, the pain of letting go that I am more adult than I am child that I am more elder than I am child and that like I'm moving Mm -hmm. towards that return to source but Mm -hmm. the the grief of like and my dog is gonna die and my mama is gonna die and like you know just the reality of like wow you know And so I've just been allowing myself to cry and grieve. And every time I do, my chest gets lighter. Mm. And then I grieve for the other people who are sick in my world, um, who don't have the medicine of grief yet, Mm. who don't know how to move the heaviness from their chest. And who don't have the space to just sit there and cry, you know, like I've been crying, like my wife has been crying. Mm -hmm. Um, So when thinking about my bougie auntie word of advice, and I'm looking at the the macro pattern of the season of fall like this, this is the season of grief, my love. And it's not, it's not a surprise that this is when virus and flu show up to sit Mm. in our chest, right? To encourage us to move what we haven't moved over the spring and over the summer. Mm. This season invites virus into our body in order to help us be active in moving our grief. And I think about the tradition, especially West African traditions, the traditions of my ancestors, where grief is a celebration. Hmm. Letting go is as important as receiving. The funeral is as sacred as the birthday. And just Hmm. the grief of the loss of that. And so my bougie auntie word of advice is that we take back our indigeneity. We take back our time and we really allow this season to move us. We allow the season to remind us that everything gets to die, right? And that there are parts of us that also get to die. And we don't have to colonize those parts as if they're dead and gone. 
-hmm. we can always like honor our ancestors shout out to our Mesoamerican siblings who constantly remind us that the ancestors are coming back they got yeah. their marigolds out right <laughs> like they said yeah. y'all got spooky season we got ancestors I said okay yeah. but in the same way like the parts of us that have to die they're not dead and gone mm-hmm. they are ancestor now yeah but I'm just sitting with like letting go of my childish things not the joy, not the curiosity, not the play, but there are things that I have to let go of. And that causes me to grieve so heavily. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, how can I make those things ancestor? Mm-hmm. How can I put them on the altar and acknowledge those parts of me that are dead and gone or that have to die or that I have to let go of without making them dead to me Mm. so that is my my advice to you is to really look at the parts of yourself that you need to let go but simultaneously how do how can you continue to honor those parts that you've let go that was deep (laughs) um hmm as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about um, being present in the seasons. Hmm. Um, yeah, being present. It's fall. Things are dying, you know, um, and fully being in that and that like we're in the season of things dying um, and doing that processing internally also and as well like what are the things that need to become ancestor I love how you use that Hmm. um has me really thinking about the things and being grateful for opportunities that I get to grieve like um you know I was thinking about a current (laughs) situation in which I was freely given and that thing left. And so I can freely give back. And I want to continue like that lesson in my life, like Mm -hmm. just the way I freely received it, I can freely let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm reflecting on that as you're talking. Mm. Um, And thinking about letting go of childish ways Um, I'm thinking about my discipline practice that I built, um, especially in my yoga class. Shout out to my teacher, Mars. Uh, (laughs) I hope Mars listens to my podcast. That would be really cute. Um, But um, yeah, just thinking about my discipline practice. And um, I think that letting go of childhood ways or child ways um, would be like acknowledging that these practices are not meant to constrain, but meant to create more space for me. Mm. Um, Yeah, I struggle because I used to, I came from a tradition of discipline as like a, 
a restraint process. Yes. Of a, yes. a bridling of your impulses kind of thing. You know, I grew up in Pentecostal Christianity. Um, so I think especially in Mars class, I'm just learning how expansive um discipline can be. Ooh. Um, you know, how it can mm. allow you to do all the things that you want to do versus, you know, constraining your or restraining your deepest passions and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's coming from a different lens. So anyways, that's what I was thinking about while you were talking also. Um, so thank you for that share. Yeah. Um, allowed me to reflect. And I guess for my bougie word of advice um yeah I want to invite y'all to do the same to be present in the seasons I struggle being present in October specifically because I think especially living in a place like LA October is when you really realize the seasons are changing and it's not summer anymore and I struggle with that because I love summer I love it being really warm but what would it look like for you to allow yourself to be cold? What would it look like to consider that death is a part of our seasons, a part of life? And just as you said, Asia, like what if we celebrated um, death the way that we celebrate birthdays, um, the way we're here for that um, or making that process as sacred as um we do for um celebrating life Mm. um we're celebrating life either way you know um in a funeral and in birthdays um so what would it look like to be really present in that celebration yes um and so yeah i've really uh taken on celebrating dia de los muertos in the past couple years um first you know with my baptism that helped me understand that like you don't just die, but you like come back to life. You create a rebirth. Mm. Um, so yeah, I want to, you know, continue to explore what death means in my life. So I want to, you know, invite y'all to celebrate fall in that way also in as well, or however you interpret um, being in the season of death yes. or fall. <laughs> yes. So that's what I got for y'all. Thank you for your rich, rich sharing. And I want to double click on um, restraint as liberation. Mm. Um, It's a theme that my Kingian nonviolence, my first Kingian nonviolence instructor, Kazu Haga, has written about in his recent book healing resistance um he talks about what it has meant to um to live in a monastery Mm. and to live that monastic sort of life and that it's total restraint they tell you what to eat when to wake up what work you do all of this stuff but for him it was deeply liberating and I really hear that in your share so um I just wanted to name that that's also a theme that's showing up in my world. Restraint mm. as liberation. Ooh, yeah. Or discipline. You use the word discipline, discipline and that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Karina. Of course, I'm just, you know, sharing what I'm learning, working through it. So 
Thank you, Bay. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for supporting us in all the ways, especially on the social medias, um, at Petty Herbalist and at Bones Bugs and Botany. And then for y'all patrons, um, shout out to y'all who like have your money and really intentionally put it into us and the work that we do. Um, it really means a lot. Um, so if you want to support the podcast and all the things that come along with that, patreon.com slash petty herbalist. And then if you want to support Asia and her nerdiness and her life and to be reading all those essays that you can that are backlogged, y'all, y'all got plenty of essays, even if you just, you know, become a patron today, like you have so much content on there. So support her at patreon.com slash bones bugs and botany and yeah we're so excited to continue this series and uh can't wait to see y'all next week but remember to always stay ready and be petty Bye. bye